and welcome to the 23rd episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview the video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what the influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves and in the second half, we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Aru's Awakening by Luminox Games. Johan, please introduce yourself, sir. Hey, um, I'm Johan Inge, and um, I'm the marketing director of Arbus Awakening for uh, Luminous Games. Right. So that understands the first question, who you are and what you do. Very well done. <laughs> Not very hard. But the second one is, this one's a little bit tricky. When did you start making games? I actually came... Um, into this company just uh, last summer. So I've been here only about a year now. Okay, so relatively young. Yeah, uh, I'm actually like the last one to come into the, the team. Okay. So yeah, it's been the, the, whole, the whole game has been on, in production for a little more than two years now, but I've only been here for one year. So two years, that's a relatively short time actually. Um, but it all depends on the game, I guess. You have some epics that go on for 15 years and whatever and still being made um but uh yeah two years that's cool so and that's this is your first title obviously it's your first so it's your first foray into the realm of video games is that right yeah yeah um the guys actually started on this project um as a it was a project school and um they got got a really good grade for it right and and so the teachers kind of talked him into uh entering this contest and by winning that contest, um, they got funding to actually start a company and pursue like making a real game. And that's mm. how that's how like the company started because of the game. Um, and yeah, so it's the first first title for all of us here in the company. Okay, and this is because I have a uh, it's a very different experience because as previous guests we've had some we had a chap on has been making games for thirty plus years so. It's a good broad spectrum of, of experience here, and I really appreciate you coming on to yeah. share as you're just starting out now. Whereas he started out, you know, when it was, you know, you couldn't. It was very very primitive, but they used to get games out of them, so the machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are based in Iceland, which is quite interesting. It means you are quote unquote. We were chatting earlier, the second biggest software company or game developer in Iceland. Yeah, it, uh, it depends, actually. <laughs> uh, we also have um, the company. Do you know the uh, app QuizUp? No, I don't. Sorry. No. Okay. Uh, well, it depends if you uh, consider that a video game or not. Okay. Yeah, then if, if you consider it a video game, uh, they're quite bigger than us. Right. But be as it may, this is a bit of fun. So Yeah. Which The next question I have is really, what is you believe not just you but i think the company as, as a whole what's their biggest influences what are the things that they have drawn from to create what they have created in the, in the form of a ruse awakening or anything else if i'm sure you're working on new things as well but uh yeah um it actually kind of uh, differs from uh where you look at it if you look at the gameplay or uh, the art of the game mm-hmm. um if you look at the gameplay um the guys who uh Got the idea. Play a lot of um, like MOBAs. Play like League of Legend and uh, games like that. So that's kind of their favorite games. But 
the idea for a teleportation platformer comes actually from Unreal Tournament. There was a there was a gun in the game where you can actually uh, shoot and teleport to where uh, the shot goes, and if you teleport into an enemy, uh, you kill him. It's a telefrag. Yeah. 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 So I. I'm going to show my age here, but my first network LAN game was in 1993. The reason I know this is because we were playing Doom at the time. Okay. And the reason I really bring this up is because that was the first time we experienced a telefrag. Because oh. we thought it was a glitch in the game. Like, did you just die? <laughs> yeah, why? Because I just went for the job. What? Were you following me or something? Yeah, oh, oh. But yeah. Oh God! That's a, you can kill people like that, and uh, it, it kind of made sense. Of course, you've been to, yeah. you can't tele, you can't teleport on someone that's already there, so someone has to go, and it's the person that's already there. So, yeah. is is that a is that a um, must have been a mod or a mode in or, uh, in Unreal Tournament? Yeah, um, I don't remember it because I remember Instajib. Yeah, that was good, but I don't remember that mode. Been I, such a long time. Yeah, I don't remember if it was a, a mod or not. It might have been. Yeah. Be it as it may, the mm. point is, so the gameplay mechanics, you're drawing inspiration from other games. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, exactly. to to try and reinvent the world or create something purely innovative is nigh on impossible. So that makes sense. And but for the art and and style, though, you say that's from somewhere else. We probably we could draw and, and move on to the next. But w- w- overall. What what is that that realm that like uh, sort of topic? Yeah, uh, yeah. The art director, um, he uh, he draws his inspiration from like seventies um, animation films. Ah, oh, right. I know the sort. Yeah, they went really crazy back then. Yeah, uh, they don't make them anymore for various obvious reasons. But yeah, they did a lot of weird sci-fi stuff back in the seventies. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, that's a conversation for another time. But 1960s and 70s sci-fi. Mm. Yeah. I can see yeah. Oh, it makes all perfect sense now. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so the next question. Who do you most admire in the industry and why? Uh, well, personally, for me, it's uh, Miyamoto. Uh, oh. Shigeru Miyamoto uh, from Nintendo. Just because... Uh, yeah, he pretty much makes all my favorite games. Like, he does. Yeah, he, yeah. He did Mario and he he did Zelda. Zelda games. Ocarina of Time is my favorite game of all time. And you're not alone. You're no, not alone I, I know it's um, a, it's a popular opinion. Yeah, it is a popular opinion one. It's one to go to. Um, not my personal biggest favorite. I won't go into that. Mm. What is my biggest favorite? It's probably Elite. Mm. Yeah, probably is Elite. If I think you really... it also also has a lot to do with uh, like how we are when we played. I, I don't think I can ever play a game again where the experience is, you know, like that. I, yeah. I felt like the world was endless. Like I could do anything. Yeah. It's, it's odd that you get the impression that you've got this open world. You can do what you like, mm. but in fact, there is a very strict story that, and it does follow the basic concepts of the classical Zelda in that in order to progress to somewhere that you can see, yeah. You can see it, but you can't get to it. You mm-hmm. need a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and my favourite one of that, not from Zelda, but from, and uh, not from Ocarina of Time, but was from uh, a Game Boy game they did, which wasn't even done by me. But I think they consulted on it. I think Capcom did it. Um, I might be wrong. 
Um, they it's Minish Cap on the Game Boy Advance, and uh, that had a very unique thing. We had this big sort of uh, blowhole, sort of like uh, like a vase, and it would push out wind. Very, you know, it would basically blast wind out. And there was this one level I couldn't get through. It's like, what was I doing? This is something wrong. And then I realised there's this one little thing I had to do just to move on to the next phase. And it was this classical Zelda that uh, that would would push you down a line and say, look, unless you do this, you you can't move on. So yeah, yeah, I, I can only concur with that. And something, you know, their platforming games aren't punishing to the point of. Uh, they kick you in the nuts. <laughs> um, if you make a mistake, it's normally your fault. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's why I keep on playing. And that's what I impress on a lot of developers who make platform games is that, um, and when's the last time, I actually you know, really pointed question, when's the last time you played a Mario game? I don't care which one it is, when was the last one you played? You know, and I mean finished and really drew in and understood. Because the amount of times I'm not saying there is awakening suffers from this. In fact, it doesn't at all. But imprecise platforming just drives me up the wall. Any regular listeners who know about my my my, van, my ranting on this, where I encounter a control or it's just floating or everything, all the, the seemingly the surfaces of all the platforms are covered in grease, yeah. <laughs> and you hit it and you go sliding off because yeah. you it, it just drop. I don't know how they playtest them like. Does anyone say, hang on, I, I can't land anywhere because I'm being punished for something I shouldn't be punished for? And then Miyamoto understands that. Yeah. He really understands that. Mm-hmm. I actually played Mario 64 the other day. Oh, I, I still have an N64. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know why I played it. I listened to a podcast about N64, so I ended up, oh, I still got one. So I plugged <laughs> it in. And, and it was great. It was fantastic. It is, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about getting it for my uh, 3DS, like the DS version. Just yeah. I can't plug my N64 into like new TVs. No, it looks horrible. I, and, I, and yeah, also, but I also just have like I, I don't think I have like the right plug-in for it. <laughs> Not anymore. No, I think yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Sad. Well, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, I mean that. What, 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 it's he is uh, the man who who uh, really understood games on mm-hmm. a lot of people. And uh, a Nintendo owe him a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, last question about you, then we can move on to Ares Awakening. Yeah. This one I love asking. It's my favorite question because it gives a bit of a hint about what potentially the developers are working on or not, case maybe. All right. So, what are you playing right now? <laughs> um, actually, yesterday I just bought Mario Kart. Eight? Uh, yeah, for a week. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what I'm going to be playing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably will as well, actually, I think. <laughs> uh, I've had it for a couple of weeks now. Fabulous game. Yeah. I've been playing Mario Kart 7 on my 3DS as well. Um, I, I, I played it so much <laughs> when I bought the 3DS. It was... Well, it's great on the 3DS XL. It's just glorious. It just... Yeah, I, I have to upgrade to the XL. Yeah. Um... Because I, I, yeah, I can't fault it on that. I love the 3 XL because it feels like a Vita. Mm. The screen is that glorious that it feels like a Vita. One of the things that the Vita always had on the 3D, 3DS was its screen, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and no one would ignore that. It's, the screen is glorious, on, on yeah. well, at least the original Vita, anyway. 
not the new one. Um, <laughs> but that's a story for another time. Um, but the point is, um, yeah, Mario Kart, it, it's fantastic. It is a glorious, glorious game. And um, it has the possibility to make bump each other online if you're playing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been practicing heavily while commuting and stuff on, on 7. And it does help. Yeah. Not a great deal, but it does help. Mm-hmm. So, anything else? Uh, what I'm playing? Yeah. I know you're about to play Mario eh? but uh, anything else recently? Um, the last game I played on the Wii U was uh, Super Mario. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what it's called anymore. It's a 3D. 3D World? Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I like that game, too. Um, yeah. I really like the one on, uh, on 3DS, the 3D one. Yeah, 3D Land. Yeah, that's that's the way they differentiate it. They're both they're both glorious games, and they really do show off mm-hmm. uh, the machine's capabilities. But that's what first party games do on Nintendo machines. They just make them sing. They've mm-hmm. always done that. Yeah. Um, you know, Ubisoft come close. It's got to be said. Zombie U was funny. Um, they did a really good job of really uh, demonstrating what the Wii U could do. In the right pair of hands. Yeah, with the gamepad. Yeah, with the gamepad. You know, the fact that you had to look down and mm-hmm. rummage around your backpack to get stuff. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's end of part one. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to part two, where we talk about a ruse awakening. Please give us the pitch of this this very unique game. Um, yeah, well, we basically say it's um, it's a really fast paced um, action platformer. Okay, um, it's two D. Two D. Yeah, it's two D, uh, and everything uh, that's on the screen starts with pencil and paper, so it's all hand drawn on there. Right. So yeah, it's kind of uh, what we think gives it like a, a distinct look. From other uh, platformers, well, it certainly does that. I mean, when I walked past it, like I had to double take. It looked like a painting. Mm. That's because it is. <laughs> um, how did that come about? Um, well, when we got the um, the funding to create the company, yeah, uh, like one of the guys had heard about this art guy who's oh. now our art director, and um, and he had a video online which. Um, uh, it was like his final project for uh, school, and it was called. Um, it's on YouTube. It's called Space Stallions. You can probably check it out if you want. Space Stallions. I yeah. Made a note. Everyone else listening, 
Space yeah. Stallions. Check and yeah, they thought that was kind of cool. So they just asked him, like, do you want to, you, you know, make a video game? And he loves playing video games, so he was up for it. And yeah, they just gave him, like, full control. Like, do it as you want to do it. Just make it, <laughs> just make it really cool. So tell us a little bit about Aru himself or itself. I'm not sure if it's he or she. Um, it's a thing, isn't it? He's a, some sort of champion for the light, isn't he? Yeah. So, tell us a little bit of backstory about, about the game. So I find it fascinating. Yeah. So um, the world of Luminox, the, the world is called Luminox in this game, um, is controlled by um, four gods. The gods are dawn, day, dusk, and night. And uh, they like have a delicate balance between them that, um, like makes the uh, day cycle, and um, so uh, night becomes greedy and wants to uh, like rule the world by himself. So there's uh, always one, isn't there? There's always yeah. one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that would mean like eternal darkness for the for the world. So um, the dawn god has uh, like a champion hidden away just in case something like this would happen. Uh, and that's Aru. So um, she sends out Aru to travel through all the domains of Dante, Dusk, and Night and get to Night and um, defeat Night and, yeah, just uh, kind of, like, restore the balance of the world. And not to give too many spoilers away, but is there any other in- interaction with the other gods or... Uh, yeah, so. you, you, have, you, have to, you have to travel through all the domains. So, yeah. Let's leave it at that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't want to... I feel like I realised, oh, that was quite obvious, Chris, but... Let's let's not go there. It'll be quite fun and interested to see what the other gods think of Knight's uh, actions. Probably not particularly positive. Uh, <laughs> please stop doing that. Uh, so uh, that's cool. But only Dawn had the foresight to actually do something about it. So uh, go yeah. go him or it or she or stuff. So the um, Aru is a, a big sort of lumbering creature initially, but becomes very because sorry, it's not. A, Denigrate the game. It generally is. He's quite sort of. He's skittering around on all fours, relatively slowly. Um, but then he becomes this sort of very sprightly thing, doesn't he? Very quickly in the game, um, which kind of leads me on to this. What I can only describe as a split control system. Forgive me for calling it that, but that's how I describe it myself. Whereas one hand, you have a very digital um, system where you have um, the direct sort of movement control whereas on the other hand you're moving a cursor around can you tell us how that evolved um well actually when you think about it it's kind of it kind of works like um an fps i guess um you you have one like you move around with uh like asdw yes or um or like with one uh what's it called like a control pin control yeah yeah and then you use the other one to look around. Mm-hmm. Or, or in the case of a mouse, you use that to look around. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, so you use that to um, point where you want to shoot your soul out and teleport to. That's right, yeah. And it, it also, um, like, it, you, you can always charge in the direction to where you're looking. And that means, like, you can break certain walls and you can use it as a double jump as well. And Exactly. I mean, it requires... Quite interesting timing mechanics because you can combine all everything you've just described and more. Mm-hmm. Because what's quite common is I can't get there. Oh, yeah, you can. Just shoot your little soul thing up there, and then you'd be able to get there. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Um, 
there's not a lot of leaps of faith in the game. No one likes leaps of faith. But um, in platformers, because like, am I going to land on anything? I don't know. Maybe. But this game gives you a break, basically. Like, well, yeah, you might land on something, but don't worry, you can shoot yourself and land on something safe. I've done that a lot, quite a lot, when I was playing the demo. <laughs> Which is available free, everyone. It's awesome. The, uh, uh, yeah. the demo is, um, let's just say it's more forgiving than the rest of the game. The game gets, um, like, really, really hard. Yes. I'll come to that in a minute. Stop rushing ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, again, that's very interesting. You, you almost have like to have two different ways of to controlling the, the Aru because he's, you know, you've got direct control over him, and then in, then in other ways you've got semi-direct in that you transporting him to other places around the map. Um, mm-hmm. I just find it interesting. I mean, uh, it's a very unique control system, which is another thing that drew me to it as a game because uh, it, it is it's different different good and we've yeah. spoken we've spoken a bit about the art style so personally it reminds me a lot of Roger Dean's work and uh, so the alien landscapes and stuff so that's you've already really confirmed that to, um, it's not really Roger Dean but it's just generally 1970s sci-fi that it's been drawn from yeah um, uh, yeah, the art director actually gave me the name of the guy. I should always say that influenced him. Uh, <laughs> I can't actually remember it right now. So, oh, but it's not Roger D. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I can chap- probably give it to you later. I can send it over to you. Or- yeah. That's the chap who does the yes album covers. So if you want to know what, just look it up. It's alien yeah. landscapes. He spent his life drawing these amazing alien landscapes. Some of them are really outlandish. Um, even more, you know, it's like, that could possibly exist. How do you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, good stuff. Now, now we're going to talk about difficulty. See, I told you you rushed ahead. Um, so, uh, so there's definitely a difficulty spike that occurs in the game soon after its initial stages. So was this a deliberate move on your part to illustrate to the player the almost insurmountable task that is set upon a rue? Is that the idea? Is that why you've made it so challenging to actually make the player empathize with what Aru has to do? <laughs> um, well, the... Uh, or is it not that clever? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually uh, just because uh, once you get a real good hang of the controls, they kind of come like naturally to you. Like you understand that you know, it's best to always have the teleportation... Uh, mechanic charged and ready to shoot out really fast. Um, you're always ready on the space bar to charge and get a second jump in case you're gonna about to fall and die. Mm. So as soon as you get that, you uh, you actually really want to have a, a really hard game to make it challenging because it, um, it's a lot more rewarding, we think, at least. Um, when I finished, um, I actually just uh, bug tested the, uh, the final scene in the game. Right. Uh, two days ago. Uh, I think I died. I can't, like, it was, <laughs> I had the death count on, but it was, uh, it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad how, how often I died. But um, I'm getting better now. But yeah, it's kind of you, like you feel afterwards, like, yes, I did it. Like, but you do feel it's your mistake that causes the death. It's not the game, right? 
Um, the game is really hard, but um, mm. a lot of the times, like, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I don't want to be like, um, like uh, I don't mean, mean, but yeah, it's a lot of the time it's y- your fault when yeah uh, people because uh, th- sometimes people can complain about um the controls of the game because you jump with W instead of space. Mm-hmm. But as you progress, you understand it's because you have to use the charging for like the double jump and yeah. you actually you use it a lot more than the regular jump. You do. Um, and what's quite interesting is um, historically when you used up for jump, it was a heretical thing to do. You should never do it. But in this game, there's little choice um, because you need the charge to actually do your proper jumping because your little regular jump, like I said, Aru lopes around at a relatively sedate place, pace. Um, but he does go, he does like a slide, doesn't he? Uh, down, uh, down like little hills, slopes. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That might be a little bit of, um, Sonic. <laughs> Doing that. Yay. There he goes. <laughs> Flying off. It's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, there is enemy creatures as well in the game, which you can deal with in various ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's the mechanic, isn't it? Transportation and, and charging. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So, last up then, it kind of ties into the second question really, but we haven't really spoken about music. And I want to sign off on the music because I was really taken by it. Because I felt that it does more than just add atmosphere to the game. It almost encourages a state of mind on the player. Mm-hmm. Was that something that was always intended to be? Rather yes. than just create atmosphere, you actually know you need to be in this state of mind to progress. Yeah, so the uh, the art director is actually friends with the guy who makes the music. Uh, right. It's kind of a happy accident because... Um, uh, this guy who makes the music is also like a really up and coming um, musician in Iceland. Okay, he's actually, he's actually gotten pretty popular now, and um, so the art directors like just they they know each other really well. So he could like explain to him what kind of mood he wanted to have and like what he, what he wanted to create. So he could like show him uh, pictures of the game and say like this is how I want to have it, and and they work really close together to uh to like create together this mood of the game. And it's really successful because you, you sort of play through it and it's just as you get to through, through the stages and the, the music really changes depending on what you're doing, um, kind of. But it's just, it just feels each stage, each area has its own, well, set, its own place. Mm-hmm. So... They're yeah, very successful there. So obviously they know each other and they know each other, uh, understand each other's um, goals artistically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the game's coming out when? Um, we don't have a like a real date yet. Well, we're hoping to get it out. Will you give me like a band of time? Is it like second quarter? So uh, we're actually looking at like. Uh, most at, at most a few weeks because we we just we're gonna send off our build to Sony and we don't know how long it takes for them to to review it and say like okay it's ready to go right so uh, yeah we're hoping to send it to Sony on Monday and and we just have to see like if it takes two days we might get it out on Fourth of July if it takes a couple of weeks for them it's gonna be uh, 
going to take okay. a little longer. So by the end of July. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah. Uh, Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just think I'll just give you more time there. Yeah. End of July, everyone. You'll be out by then, probably. Be fine. Um, and they're coming out on what platforms? So it's going to be on um, on Steam for uh, Mac and PC. Not and, Linux, though, right? Uh, well, we originally wanted to do it on Linux. Uh, we have yet to um, actually dive into it. Okay. But we might do it, though. I'm just saying it for all those Steambox people. There are a lot of them. I know mm-hmm. myself included who built one uh, over Christmas when they didn't have anything else to do. Well, I know I can build a PC out of junk I've got. There was one Steambox. So, yeah. So, all right. So, eventually. But on Mac as well, yes? Uh, yeah. So, it's going to be on Mac too. And then it's going to be on uh, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. And we really want to put it on PlayStation Vita too. Uh that would right. really work very well. You could do the back um, panel, couldn't you, to do the uh, mm-hmm. charging and stuff, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. And, that was what uh, I was thinking. But the thing is, um, uh, like, we're, we're kind of indie, so we have yeah, I know. almost no money, and we really can't afford buying the, um, the dev kit right now. Okay. So we might, have to, um, we might have to wait until we get some sales to be able to buy the Vita dev kit, and then... See if we can port it. Yeah. Yeah, because the Vita's really, really cranking out some amazing games on that machine now. So, yeah, uh, and like you said, um, the screen is so good, it would probably look pretty good on there. It would. And I do think the rear panel would be perfect for it. Mm-hmm. And it'd therefore get away with the having the problem of having to use an you know, the jump invert you know, the jump button to to, to you know to uh or the up button to jump with. You can get away from that and just yeah. say, well, just, you know, drag your finger on the button, the bottom. It'd be so intuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you thought of this already. but Yeah, yeah. And we've also seen, like, on the internet, the discussion, like, so many people, when they see the game, they say, this would be great on Mita. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like we have, to, uh, we have to try it at least. <laughs> so, Johan, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. Sharing your... Uh, thoughts and uh, tell us all about Arrow's Awakening, which I'm very looking forward to seeing in its final state when it arrives sometime in July, hopefully the 4th, although yeah. for us British the 4th of July has some um, sad connotations for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, we lost the war, never mind against the Americans, but you know 300 years ago, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're still in the World Cup. We, you know, we got kicked out. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> or, <laughs> on that note, um, I will I'll think, thank you very much for your time. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thanks for having me. For, for the release of the game. Thanks. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer who listen to this show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Bye! <laughs>